Welcome to the Calvary Podcast. Get ready to dive into an inspiring message. Our aim is to share teachings that bring transformation and hope to your life. So, open your heart, be ready to listen, and prepare for a powerful encounter with the Word. Let's get started. All right, guys, I want you to turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 53. Isaiah 53, I'm going to read there in just a few minutes. If you open it up on your phone, it's probably going to time out before I read it, but you'll be ready to get it back going, all right? So last week I began a, a, just a little th- couple of part series called Healed. And if you'll remember, we, we started there in first or in Colossians 1, verses 13 and 14. And we looked at that incredible statement that we have been. Someone say have been. How many are thankful for the past? In fact, let's give a wave to the past. Come on, just give the past a wave. Bye-bye. Not coming back. The door's closed. Amen. We have been. What? Delivered from the kingdom the dominion, the authority of darkness. Thank God. Satan no longer has any right to your life as a born-again believer. Can someone say amen to that? No right to your life. So we have been delivered from the kingdom, dominion, the authority of darkness, and transferred into the kingdom of the Son He loves, of Jesus, where we have redemption, forgiveness of our sins. So we began to look at that. We're delivered from the authority of Satan. Now, I, I want us to uh, take that, and we're going to add some things to it today. Now, I, I'll, I'll, I'll get to this point in a moment, but I want you to understand this. This isn't uh, uh, something that is unattainable, okay? I want to make sure you relate to this. You may be saying, well, Pastor, uh, if we've been delivered from the authority of Satan, and he no longer has legal rights to us, he can't control us, then why do I still have some issues in my life? Anybody, anybody, uh, how would I say it this way? Still under construction. (laughs) Okay, I didn't ask you to point. I just asked you to raise your hand. I know about everybody else. I'm talking about you and me right now, okay? So we're still under construction. How does that work? So we've been delivered from, pardon me, the authority of Satan, his right to control us. We no longer have to say, remember I gave a little illustration, the devil made me do it. So why did I do it? Well, we've been delivered from his authority, but as long as we're on this earth, we still have this old sin nature. Now, here's the good news. Greater is he that is in us than what's going on in this world. So I have the capacity to still blow it, even though I'm not under his authority. You got me? The good news is he can't make you anymore. The devil can't walk in your house and drag you out and force you to do anything. The blood of Jesus broke that bondage off of you. I'm not under his authority. He has no right to me. Will he still try to tempt me? Yes. Will he still bring some things in your path? Yes. But we have authority in Christ now to overcome that. So we have to understand how we do this walk, what what it's like, all right? So we're talking about being healed. What does that look like, being rescued from this? You know what's over here in this kingdom of darkness? Everything that hurts you. Everything that broke you, everything that lied to you, everything that, that, that uh, stole your dreams and your hopes, everything that insulted you, every place of, of guilt and shame is there in Satan's kingdom. That's what he does. That's his weapons. That's his MO. It's all there. And we can be taken out of that. But what we have to learn is how to live and walk in this kingdom God brought us into, right? So as we work with the Holy Spirit. So what happens, I call that we're healed. We, we are being rescued from this. And the, the healing is what changes 
when I'm no longer over there. I can't become healed, body, soul, and spirit. I can't be healed in my emotions, in my will, and and, and my relationships when I'm still living over here in this place. You understand? This is where all this stuff happened to me. So if I'm going to be healed in my mind, in my spirit, healing is not just for our bodies, for your whole being body, soul, and spirit. So if I'm going to be healed, the first thing that needs to happen, I need to be transferred out of this place. I need to receive Christ and get over here in his kingdom. And that's where healing begins. Okay. So, so we're looking at that. So remember, and, and we'll, I will expand these things and as we go through this, but we established some things last week that people that are healed, people that aren't here anymore, and people that are being changed over here by the grace of God, healed people see differently. We have a different perspective about how we view ourselves, how we view the people around us. We see differently. Can somebody say amen to that? Yeah, these, these are qualities that allow you to know that you're not over there anymore, that you're over here. You're not perfect. You're under construction. But over here, we see differently than we did over there, okay? We think differently than we did over there, all right? And we even hear differently than we did over there, okay? So we're, we're going to work on that. So it, this, this healing comes through Jesus. It's all the work of Jesus. It's his grace. It's his mercy, this, this word healed in Scripture literally could be uh, translated to the word whole. Isn't that great? You finally become whole. God finally puts you together. And this, this great thing about the healing and the grace that comes through Jesus Christ doesn't mean he just went over here in, 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 in this garbage where we were living and, and got all the broken pieces and, and glued them together. He, he, he says, you know... Uh, we're going to leave that. We're going to come over here and make a new creation on this side. We're going to make you whole. How many are thankful for wholeness? Do you know what I found out? Whole people stop being attracted to broken people. You know those bad characters in your life? They live over there. <laughs> and when you move out of there, you quit being attracted to brokenness when wholeness comes into your life. All right. Well, it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means you're still broken and pieces are missing and you're looking over here for pieces when God can make you whole over here. Right? Okay. So we, we see this process. I, I want to make sure we understand that healing, body, soul, and spirit, being made whole is not just for a few people. It's not just an ancient concept. It's not something that's beyond our reach. Let, let's look at some scripture. I told you it'd take me a minute, but here we are. Isaiah 53. Let's look at verses 4, 5, and 6. This, this is Isaiah the prophet. This was centuries before Jesus came. Are you with me? Centuries. This is what this, this prophecy, in fact, Isaiah 53 is the greatest messianic prophecy in the Old Testament. And we begin in verse 4, and we read this, surely, speaking of Jesus, surely he took up I want you to see how many times in these just three verses, those kind of words, took up, carried, bore. He, he, he carried this thing for us. Do you see that? On the cross. He paid for your healing over 2,000 years ago. Isn't that amazing? So you don't earn it. I don't earn it. It's already been paid for. He carried it to the cross. So surely he took up our infirmities. See, it's not just my physical sickness. Look, look at the list here. Look at the totality of the wholeness he wants to bring us. Surely he took up our infirmities. 
and carried our sorrows. Yet, look at this, we considered him stricken by God. Those of his day called him uh, a heretic. Some said he was demon-possessed. They could religion had no place in its small little confines for the greatness of a living God. So they, they insulted him, considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. Isn't it amazing the wounds they laid on him? They said God was doing it. They did it, okay? But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed or bruised for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him. And by his wounds, by stripes, we're healed. What a blessing. Verse 6, we all, someone say all, we all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us, say each of us. Okay, we're all in the same category here today? Okay, all right. All of us and each of us turn to his own way. And the Lord laid on him the iniquity of us all. All of our sins put on him on the cross. The things he did for us. He's our healer. It's the, one of God's names, Jehovah Rapha, the God who heals. The gifts of the Holy Spirit that he put inside the New Testament church. The gifts, plural, of healing in 1 Corinthians 12. The gifts of miracles. The gift of faith. Why? To bring this. We, he authorized us to pray. How do we know this is intact and is what God wants us to do? Look at Matthew chapter 8 and verse 17. He had just healed Peter's mother-in-law in Matthew chapter 8 and verse 17. And then this verse was quoted to uh, authenticate that this was exactly what the prophet said Jesus would do. Matthew chapter 8 and verse number 17. What do we read? This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah. He took up our infirmities and he carried our diseases. Look in James chapter 5 and verse 14. James 5 and verse 14 continues to be who God is, what he does, how he brings healing to us. James chapter 5 and verse number 14. I know it's already up behind me, but I like to read it out of my Bible. James chapter 5 verses 14 and 15. We read this. Is anyone of you sick? He, she should call. Let me pause for a minute. You got to be careful the way you say that nowadays. <laughs> he, she. He or she. He or she. I'm not confused. He or she should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. Come on, aren't can you see the heart of God to heal? If he has sinned, he'll be forgiven. The, the healing grace of God. Look at 1 Peter, next book, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 24. Last scripture right here, this, this setting that I want to read. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. Again, speaking of Jesus. Now, see, Isaiah 53 was looking into the future. So this is what he's going to do. You got me? Hundreds of years before Jesus was born of the virgin and came to this earth. Uh, so he's looking way over here and he said, this is what he's going to do. 
This is who he is. This is, this is what he's going to do for us. And now we're here in 1 Peter 2, 24, and he's looking back and saying, this is what he's already done. You got me? So here's what he was going to do. Here's what he's already done. He said, he himself bore our sins in his body, in his body. That's what Isaiah said, on the tree so that we might die to sins. Get out of that place over there, right? That, see, it's, it's your whole being. So we could die to sins. We could get away from this place and live for righteousness over here. Are you with me? By his wounds, you have been healed, been made whole. What a gracious God. What an encouraging God. Guys, you don't earn this. You don't pay for this. We don't deserve this. We don't warrant this. It's not something that we can conjure up and make happen. It's not if you try to determine, do I have little faith or great faith or some faith? The Bible says he bought healing for us on the cross. He paid for it 2,000 years ago. It is the heart of God to not only pull us out of these dark places, but to make us whole again and give us this life so that we see like he wants us to see and think like he wants us to think and we hear what he needs us to hear. You and I have to understand by his wounds, by his wounds over again. Why is that critical? Why, why do we just not say Jesus came and healed us? Because it's critical we understand it was as a result of him being pierced and wounded and whipped and scourged that the healing and the wholeness has come. Why? Because that made him bleed. That made him bleed. Do you understand that he carried in his body, his human body, that wrapped his deity? For 33 years, he carried in that human body the gift, the sacrifice, the atonement that would change everything, the blood of Jesus. He carried it in his body. See, the blood of Jesus is unlike any blood ever shed on this planet. Because every other human being that's ever been conceived was a product of human reproduction. The seed of the father, the egg of the mother. And you can do a test on the blood and determine the paternity because the father contributes that. But when Jesus was conceived in the womb of Mary, a virgin who had the Holy Spirit come upon her, she did not become pregnant because she had been with a man. She conceived because the Holy Spirit came upon her and placed the humanity of Jesus in her. So the blood that was in his vein was not the blood that came from an earthly human father. It was blood that was untainted by the sin and the curse of this world. And he carried it in his body. It flowed in his veins in his arteries and his heart pumped it every second and waited for that day 33 years later when they thought they would kill him and hurt him and bruise him and hell gloated and Satan triumphed and demons party because the blood of this one they hated was spilling out but every drop that fell was sent from heaven to you and me Every drop that fell out of his body had an assignment, had a purpose. Not one drop was random brutality. It was a sacrifice that God knew would walk over in the deepest, darkest places of hell and bondage and literally dead destroy the stronghold of Satan and bring us to a place where God could make us whole again. The blood of Jesus... The blood of Jesus. 
That's what makes us whole. He had to be wounded. He had to be beaten. You know, 1 Corinthians said that the devil would have known. He would have never crucified him. See, the devil's so full of hate and anger and blinded. He, he, he was, hell was just rejoicing and wounding and demonizing and, and pushing people to hurt him, wound him, crush him, bruise him. And the whole time, we're being healed. We're being released. The sacrifice is given and, and, and the earth will never be the same again. We get to walk in that. I want you to understand that we, it says here that, that, look at this verse 24 again. He himself bore our sins in his body. It wasn't just laid on him. It was in his body that he carried these things. So, Pastor, I've shared this with you before, but I, I just sensed we need to be reminded that he covered everything. That, that the blood was all encompassing, that that this shed blood was was it was not wasted, it was not random, it was it, it, it had a reason and a purpose. Do you know that 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 he started bleeding before he ever got to the cross? Do you know that his blood was shed in seven different places? The first place is he began to pray in the Garden of Gethsemane and, and intercede and pray and, and, and call on God. And the disciples are sleeping and he's praying. And, 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 and they're down in, in, in Jerusalem and Caiaphas, the high priest. They're plotting. They're coming. And he's praying. And the Bible says the intensity because you see his deity, his, his deity was still wrapped in his human flesh. And his human flesh was, was dreading everything about to happen to him. He prayed there, God, is there another way? Is there any other way? Can, can, can we do this? He knew what was there. But God, can we do it another way? He said, but whatever you want. And the Bible says it grew so intense that, that the blood, the pressure in his body began to fall from his head like sweat falling on that rock. And right there, he began to bleed. The, the, the redemption that would pull us out of this place and put us over here began being paid. While he was praying, the blood was falling. You know what that, why, why, why did he bleed as he prayed? Because he was saying, God, the thing the devil wants more than anything in my life is my will, is my choice. He wants to addict me so I can't say no. He wants to grab you so you can't walk out. He wants you to think you're a victim and there's nothing you can do about your circumstance. He wants you to blame everybody else and give up and point your finger and say, I am because you are and I can't change until you do. Is anybody with me in this room? But you see, he prayed and there in that garden, the first place he bled, he redeemed your will back to you. You can choose. You can say no to this and you can say yes to this. Your will has been redeemed. You are not a captive. You are not a victim you are not someone who can't rise up you can at this moment today say i choose the blood of jesus i choose the gift of god and rise up in the darkest deepest worst circumstance you can imagine your choice one good choice can erase a hundred bad choices one good decision can overrule years of bad decisions one decision your will was redeemed by the blood of jesus as he prayed in the garden and then they capture him there and take him there and, 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 and they bring him. And now he's in the hands of the guard and, and the torture continues. And to mock him, they go find a thorn bush and they fashion a 
crown of thorns and ram it on his head and blood spurts in 50 directions and runs through his face and down his chest and why did they ram thorns in his head and what did he redeem us there well we go all the way back to Genesis and as a result of man's original sin thorns grew up on the ground and made your life hard and difficult and brought separation from God but I have good news for us today he shed his blood and broke the curse of thorns and sin and hardship and difficulty and put us back in the presence of God and then they take him and before he's on the cross they stripe his back 39 times with a cat of nine tails and he's bleeding and blood is pouring out and doctors tell us today there are 39 main categories of disease and sickness in the medical annuals I want to tell you he took a blow and a stripe for every sickness every disease every COVID every cancer every blood disease everything the devil ever designed and vomited out of hell on God's creation we were redeemed and healed by the stripes of Jesus back then they took him and laid him on the cross and stretched his hand and pounded nails in his hand and blood spurted out and what happened when they nailed his hand they nailed his hands and he redeemed the work of our hands I'm going to tell you God will go with you in the marketplace God will go with you in the classroom God will go with you in your home mom God will go with you and everything your hands touch have been redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ now today if you just want me to preach a little mamby pamby you sin I sin we're all sinners and let's all gather in here and feel sorry for ourselves and be a victim and go out and live like the devil you're in the wrong church but if you want to get out of the darkness and be set free from that lifestyle and stop blaming everybody around you and say I've had enough of this I'm coming out then God will redeem everything you have and everything you touch and restore and redeem and build your home God wants to bless your business He wants to bless your work. He wants to go in the marketplace. He wants you to succeed at work. He wants to bless you there. You might want to be on time. You might want to work the quitting time. You might want to treat your employees fair. You might want to pay people what they deserve. You might want to own the company and build four more of them and and put it in the kingdom of God. God will bless the work of your hands. They nailed his feet. I got to hurry. They nailed his feet. What does that mean? It means everywhere I walk, the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered of the Lord. My steps are redeemed. I'm not lost. I'm not, I'm not struggling. He already goes before me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I don't fear any evil for you are with me. I'm walking blessed, redeemed. See, when you're over here, you see things you didn't see over there. I hear things I didn't hear over there. I think like I didn't think over there because I've been redeemed by the blood of Jesus. They beat him. They beat him and they beat him and they beat him. And, 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 And we read in Isaiah that he was bruised for our iniquities. That word iniquity is deep hidden sin. It's the root of sin. It's the sin nature. It's the sins you don't want anyone to know about. It's the sin that, for lack of a better term, that dogs you. It's the sin that when you thought you were okay, it popped up again. But he was, he bled on the inside for that. See, bruising isn't an outer laceration, it's an inner bleeding. 
Something hit you so hard that you bled on the inside. Internal injuries. Internal injuries. But see, because we have that deep sin nature all the way down inside of us. The Bible said we've all sinned. Come short of the glory of God. If you've been strutting around acting like you're all that, you're not all that. If you thought you did God a favor when you got saved, you needed the blood like all the rest of us did. See, down deep inside. And the good news is we don't have to hide it or fake it. How many heard what I just said? You know, we don't have to come to church on Sunday and put on the show and the rest of the week we're still living over here in this place. See, see, <laughs> for a lot of people, that's all it is. They, this is where they live. This is their neighborhood. They're over in the kingdom of darkness. But every Sunday morning, they crawl out of that hole. Crawl out of that hole, go to the closet, get the good stuff on. Little. You know. Been cussing and fussing and acting over here. Something happens. There's something happens about Sunday morning. You get to church. Hey, brother, how you doing, sister? Glory to God. Woo, I tell you, I'm just loving Jesus right now. Just loving Jesus. Isn't God good? Yes, he is. All the time. Woo, yeah. Shame on you. Is that all God has? That's all he's got. Just have to put on the show on Sunday morning. That's all he's got? That's it. That's the kingdom? That's the gospel? That's all we have to offer people? Just the show? We never met the blood of Jesus. He goes down on the deep places in me where I wrestle. Come on, be honest. Where you wrestle with you. Where you wrestle with you. Where you, if you, you say, God, I don't want this. I don't like this. God, I don't want to be like this. I don't want any more excuses. I don't want to make an excuse for not forgiving. I don't want to make an excuse for doing what I do. I don't want to make an excuse. God, I want to be set free. I want to be released from this. I don't need somebody to walk around and follow me and see if I'm acting right. I want to be free. I want to please you today. You, you, you see what I'm saying? He was bruised. He bled down deep so we could be rescued from our iniquities. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. See, we're, we're the kind of people where, where we, we can leave the phone laying out. We don't care who sees it. You know, you know what I'm saying? You, you, you can walk around. It's, it's not, you know, back in the old days, the preachers used to go visit in the home. Now, people don't want you coming to the house anymore. You understand what I'm saying? It's just culture. Isn't it the truth? What, what do you do if you're not expecting someone and the doorbell rings? Everybody in the house is like, who is that? Well, I don't know. They're out there. Am I telling the truth or not? If you don't know someone's coming and somebody knocks on the door, rings the doorbell, it's not a gift. It's not pleasant. We all act like it was the devil or the grim reaper. It's just like, who is that? I don't know. I mean, it's your house and it's your property and you're peeking through the blinds like a thief. Who is it, Albert? I don't know. I can't see. My God, what are they doing here? I don't know. Then what do you do? Shh. Turn the TV off. And a little kid was just playing, having a good time. You jerked them up, put the hand over their mouth. They're running around. You're scaring your children half to death. My God, what did I do? So we don't go to the house anymore. But you used to have that, you know, you, you know, the pastor, you'd go visit. 
And uh, there would be those one or two occasions where as you pass for a while, you get some discernment. You're ready to knock on the door, and you hear it. It's not going good in there. You, you know what I'm saying? They're going. So you go back out to the car, and you slam the door real hard. Boom! And then they look out. By the time you get to the door, heaven has come down. And glory has filled that house. I'm just telling you. I mean, I just heard them. Was, I thought it was WWE when I got there. I walked to the car, slammed the door, and I come back. They got Christian music on. The big family Bible's on the coffee table. They're sitting on the couch. Oh, pastor, we didn't know you were here. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Come on in. Come on in. We just glory. Hallelujah. <laughs> We're a mess, aren't we? Tell the truth. We are a mess. We don't need to live over here. And can I give some good news? We don't have to live over there. Because we have a Savior, so marvelous and wonderful, who is bruised for our iniquities, who's willing to go into the deepest, darkest, roughest places. Say, I can set you free. I can heal you from that. I need a Savior like that. I don't want to play church. I want to be real. Don't you want to be real? I don't care if anybody else sees me. I want to please the one who died for me. We sang it. What he did on Calvary is enough. I want to please him. One more place. We need to move on. I don't mean to take this much time here, but I'm thankful for the blood of Jesus. The last place he bled, you've heard me share this with Whiphammer Cross, is one we might miss, is that the soldier, to make sure he was dead, ran a spear into his side, hit him right here. And the Bible says something interesting, that blood and water came out of that wound. What had happened? Well, you know, the heart is enclosed in a sack of clear fluid, the pericardium, so you're just protected. It's like a shock absorber, such a vital organ, of course. Our ribs, God designed the ribs to protect us and even put this pericardium with its fluid around it. And what Many doctors think it happened literally carrying the weight of all of our sins, carrying the burden. Can you imagine this holy, sinless God when every wicked deed ever committed or would be committed was laid on him on the cross? They wondered why he died more quickly than the others because his human body carrying that burden, that awful thing, Literally, his heart ruptured. His heart ruptured. His heart exploded in his chest from the pressure of what we did. And when the spear punctured that pericardial sac, the blood from his heart and the fluid from the sac flowed out of that wound. Literally, Jesus may have died of a broken heart. The thing that may have killed him on the cross was our sins that were laid on him and the pressure that he bore. Blood and water came out from that place. So I want you to know, if your heart's broken, if your life's broken, if everybody around you has lied and deceived you and hurt you, and over here this whisper says, it's never going to be any different. You're never going to be loved. You're never going to be enough. You're never going to make it. No one's ever going to care for you. God doesn't care about you. You're too sinful. You're too broken. 
I'm here to tell you, long before anybody ever broke you, we broke him. Long before anybody ever did what they did to you, our sins did it to him. And he did it for us anyway. I'm going to tell you, our God's a healer. The extent he went to to heal you, body, soul, and spirit, the extent he went to 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 bring healing and hope and mercy to us is beyond comprehension. The price can never be calculated of what it costs so you and I can be healed and released and set free. God did that for you, and he's here to do that for you, and that hasn't shifted or changed, and it's in that place. And, Pastor, how do I, how do I access this? How do I do this? I, it's all in Jesus. It's all in Jesus. I, no matter how far over on this side I may have been and where I may have been, at the moment I say, God, I'm sorry. God, I believe you. Jesus, forgive me. You don't earn it. You don't pay for it. You don't get put on probation. You don't promise. You don't sign things. No, you say, I, sorry, forgive me. I repent, Jesus, in that moment, in that moment, in that moment, he forgives you. Why? How? Because of everything I just told you. Because all of the price that had been paid. And so forgiveness. And oftentimes I hear it and it's okay. And I'm not smarter better than anybody else. I'm, I'm in this game with you. But I hear Christianity taught today in our churches where it's nothing more than forgiveness. Forgiveness is an amazing gift. I'm thankful to be forgiven. But that's like I was over there with this horrible life with this brokenness and discomfort and pain and depression. And, and God forgave me of my sins, but I'm just kind of hung in the middle here. I'm forgiven. But he, he forgives you. He doesn't stop there. And he delivers you out of the authority of that kingdom. And he puts you over here. And when I get over here, I repented. I've been forgiven. He delivers me. And now what's going on? He heals all the broken things that happened to me over there. And he fills me with the Holy Spirit. So now I'm whole. Can you see that? But I need to walk in that wholeness. I need to stay in that wholeness. I need to walk in the fellowship with this great God that loved me and cared for me. See, see, I told you, see, it changes. Go to Galatians chapter 5. We, we looked at that last week. Let me take you back there. And let's just look at this again. Galatians 5. Where somebody say, I'm healed. And say, I'm filled. I'm delivered. <laughs> I came out of that place. I don't want to go back. How many don't want to go back? I don't want to go back. Been there, done that. You got a lot of t-shirts about it. (laughs) Burn them. Okay. (laughs) Don't advertise for the devil. How many know what I'm talking about? I saw a guy the other day. He said, if I'd known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) I'd have got out sooner. Galatians 5. Look at this. We've got to walk with this great God who has saved us and redeemed us. And, and, and giving his mercy on us. This is not a one-step thing. It's a lifestyle. Anybody hear what I'm saying? It's a lifestyle. Look at verse Galatians 5, 16. So I say, live by the Spirit, and you'll not desire gratify the desires of the sinful nature. So he gives us this list. I read it last week of the, the sinful nature and then the fruit of the Spirit. But let's drop down all the way, guys, to verse 26. So he frames this 
list of sins and this list of spiritual fruit, he says to in the beginning, live by the Spirit and you'll not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. And then he says in verse 26, let us not, or, or pardon me, verse 25, verse 25, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. You, you got this? So, so remember, I'm delivered from the authority of this life. But that old sin nature still made the journey over here with me. How many know what I'm saying? As long as you're in this body, that old nature is with you. Okay? So let's stop blaming the devil. Let's stop living over there. Let's come over here and say, you know what, God? There, there's some stuff that needs to change in me. God, heal me of this. God, fill me with the Holy Spirit. Greater is the one you've put in me now than all this stuff that's going on. So what do I need to do? I don't need to come to a church or an altar to a moment and have a prayer and say, got that done. All right, let's go. No, 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 no. This is a relationship. What, what do we read? Let's walk in step with the Spirit. Let's live by the Spirit. Let's walk with the Holy Spirit. Let's do this. See, what happened? We, we traded that for this relationship. Let's walk with God. Let's talk with God. Let's get in that word. Let's pray. Let's worship. Anybody hear what I'm talking about? Let's, let's live this life. Let's, let's, let's do what we can do now. Let's, we're, we're not over there. Let's begin to enjoy this life. I told you last week, part of the problem is you're over here, but you never quit eating over there. Your appetites are over there. You're, you're, you're over there. You're so close. It's still there. We need to learn to walk in the spirit, walk with the things of God. Get in that word. That Bible's good. Can somebody say, Amen. Both scriptures are life. It's not a duty. It's a joy. God's talking to me. I've got this word. I'm praying. I'm in the presence of the Lord. He's walking with me. I'm not running around trying to get people to like me now. God loves me. You're not running around broken, you know, codependent on everybody and everything that comes by. You're not a victim. You're not whining and crying. Come on, I'm speaking plain. I don't have time to put the icing on it. And, but what's going over here? Why? Because I'm changed. I'm healed. Wholeness doesn't attract to brokenness. I, I'm, I'm walking with the Lord in this thing. So remember what I said. What, so, you know, what does that look like? What, is that, what does that mean to us? What do we, what do, we do? What do we see as we, as we go through this? We begin to realize, wait a minute. You know, I, I'm looking at something differently than I used to look at things. I'm, I'm seeing something different. I'm, I'm behaving in a different way. W what happened? Well, I'm seeing differently over here. Why? Because I'm not looking through the lens of all these past wounds and things. Isn't that a free... So, so watch this. We, wanna, we want to sometimes rain down on people who somebody had this place in their life, a hurt, a pain, a divorce happened. And so then you want to... You you want to, you know, categorize somebody or you want to put a, put a label on them. You're a divorcee. Well, no. <laughs> Something happened. God's working in your life. Let's get on over here and move this. But watch this. I'm going to help you. You know how most people struggle in a, in a subsequent marriage because they're still looking at everybody today through the lens of what happened over there. You hear what I'm saying? You know, the first time... This husband said a word that sounded like what that husband said. He's that husband. Why? Because I'm looking like this. See, but healed people see differently than people that aren't healed. Healed people think differently than people that aren't healed. Over here, we, every time we, we, we've begun to accept our brokenness, we begin to think this is who we are. We begin to think this is how it's going to be. Over here, you begin to realize 
I'm released. I'm set free. I don't have to do that. I don't have to be that. And, and, and even the way we hear, do you know sometimes people that are living over here, the, everything they hear is filtered through all these past rejections, all these other things, and we get to this place. Church family, I really believe <laughs> that God has done something in our lives that will cause us to live in this kingdom over here. Come on. If we move, let's move. Can somebody say amen? If we move, let's move. If you burn the moving van right here and don't go back. You, you understand what I'm saying? Throw all the keys to that house over here. Let somebody else have it. You live over here right now. You understand what I'm saying? It begins to be a change. You begin to live in the Spirit, walk in the Spirit. We're healed. We're filled. God begins to do something different in our life. And here's the good news for you and I today. He's right here with us in this room. I want our worship team to come. I want you to stand with me. Now, listen, we're not over. Don't, this, this is not the leave time. I'm finishing my message, but I want you to stand while I finish it, please. Let me ask you, what are you carrying today from yesterday? What's still trying to hang on to you from yesterday? Let me ask you that. Is it unforgiveness? Is it bitterness? Is it something this person did to you? Is it your failure? Is it that voice that says you'll never be enough? Stay with me. Stay with me. Is it that voice that says you, you, it's too late? You went too far? You missed your chance? Listen, guys, Joshua and Caleb were 85 years old when they went in the promised land. Anybody with me today? Abraham was 100 and Sarah was 90 when they had the baby. Not too late. David was a teenager when he killed a giant. It's not too early. Everybody listen to what I'm saying today? Unless you have spent some time over here in the healed place, in the freedom place, and let the Holy Spirit talk to you about who you are, you don't even know who you are yet. Amen. Understand that? If you haven't spent some time over here, you don't know who you are. If, if, if you don't have this right here and right here, you don't know who you are. You don't know who you are. You don't know what God wants to do in your life, how good and gracious he is. Until we really understand the power of the blood of Jesus. He was bruised for my iniquities, the hidden secret places. He bled down there for us so we could be free. His heart was broken, shattered, exploded from the burden of all of our sins. The price he paid is big enough for you and me today. How many, you don't have to raise your hand. You said, Pastor, I want to I want to move. <laughs> I want to move from just outside the door of this kingdom of darkness. I want to get over here to live in this place. I want to live in it. I want to find out who I am. I don't want my brokenness to tell me who I am. I don't want my rejection to tell me who I am. I don't want somebody else. You know, God, you, you don't need people who are fighting the same sins you're fighting to tell you who you are. You need somebody over here to who's overcome that to tell you who you are. You understand what I'm saying? We need to stop gathering around brokenness and start gathering around wholeness in our life. We've all been broken. We've all sinned. We've all been a mess. We just laughed at ourselves. We're, so, we're such a big group of chickens, we can't open the front door. Somebody knocks on your door and it's the tribulation. 
think the Antichrist drove up that day. We need Jesus. <laughs> we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to stop accusing and entitling and naming all of ourselves over here. It's no wonder marriages can't work with everybody living over here. You can't see, you can't hear, you can't think. But God can rescue us. We don't just go to church, we go to Christ. We're just not in a building, we're in Christ. We're not just going through the motions. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We can really change. We can really change. I want you to make a place where you are. I don't, I'm not, we could pray for a hundred things right now. But why don't you, where you are, let's create a place. Let's create a moment, an opportunity for the God who died for our sins to come make us whole right now. Would you dare to believe that? Would you dare to believe God and say, God, I can be set free? Now listen, you're going to lose your crutch. Are you willing? You know, I'll never, I'll, I never understood this. Remember when the plagues that came to get the Israel out of Egypt, one of them was frogs? Frogs everywhere. I mean, how nasty is that? They said it was in their cupboards. It was in their dishes. It was in their bed. It was, I mean, that's nasty. That's horrible. Imagine opening a door and frogs in your feet. And so Moses goes to Pharaoh. He says, okay, God, so I'm going to pray. When do you want me to pray? He said, tomorrow will be fine. Tomorrow? I'm like, I'm holding Moses and say, you're not leaving, boy, till you pray the frogs out now. Are you with me? So how long are you going to have the frogs around your place? God can deliver you from the frogs right now. Don't say, well, tomorrow will be fine. Let me think about it. They're just going to come and bring their family. We need to be free. What is it about us that waits on deliverance, that waits on freedom? Come on, let's just say, God, I, I, need, some, I need some help. I need some freedom. I need you to rescue me. Let's stop playing games and just say, this is it. All right? So right where you are, I want to encourage you. Receive the healing power of the Lord in your life. You don't have to go any further. You don't have to wait. We're, we're going to do this right now. We're all praying together. Okay, come, let's do it. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for delivering us from the dominion of darkness. And Father, now we pray for the healing that comes through the blood of Jesus Christ. God, we pray for the power of the Lord to come in this room. Church family, I'm going to tell you, God's settling on you right now. The Holy Spirit is settling on you right now. It's, it's as, he's as real as if you could see that glory with your eye. He's settling on this moment right now. The Spirit of God, the Lord promised me if we would do this, He would settle on you right now. He is healing you right now. Just let go. Just surrender. Just let go. God, I let go. God, I surrender. God, I, I want to walk in that. You were bruised for my iniquities. Your heart was broken so I could be set free. You will redeem me. You have shed your blood. You have given me freedom, God. Heal us today, God. Heal the way we think. Heal the way we see. Heal the way we hear. God, heal us today. Holy Spirit, move in this room right now. Holy Spirit, rescue us in this room right now. Holy Spirit, transfer us in this room right now. Holy Spirit, come heal the broken places. Wounded places, broken dreams, broken hearts, broken lives. Come, Holy Spirit. Rest on us today, Holy Spirit. Rest on us today, Holy Spirit. Church, if you just give him a moment, God's going to settle in on you. Down on deep on the inside. 
down deep on the inside. Come on, let's open up every door. Let's hold nothing back. God, I don't want any more excuses. I want freedom. I don't want to be that wounded, broken person limping through my life. God, I receive the grace of God. God, I pray for the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of miracles. Rescue us. Restore us, God. Set us free, God. Let us be a people that give you glory. Let us be a people that give testimony to you. Father, the wounds from their parents, the wounds from their childhood, the wounds from growing up, the things that have shaped and fashioned the way we think and hear and see. Lord, deliver us right now. May the blood of Jesus rest on us right now. We break every curse. We break every word. We break every assault, every attack, every work of the enemy, every place he's had a hold. We break it in the name of Jesus. We break it in the name of Jesus. We break it in the name of Jesus. We're rescued in the name of Jesus. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening today. We hope you found this message uplifting and encouraging. If you're looking to connect in person, we gather every Sunday at 10 a.m. You can also find us online at calvaryassembly.org. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, for more content, updates, and to stay connected with our community.